You may remember that last week we looked at the reality that each and every one of us is not to stay on a shallow, superficial level, but to go deep with Christ. Union with Jesus, intimacy with him, going deep with him is not the language used or the reality for a small subset of people who float in the air when they pray. It's the language used for all of us because it's a reality for all of us. It's a possibility for all of us. And again, there may be even right here, like Father Mark, I'm in junior high, right? I'm in high school. Like, I'm kind of, like, wouldn't I be kind of young to be talking about this language as having a, a deep prayer life with Jesus? No. And actually, it would help us a great deal if you were to go deep, to go deeper with him in junior high, in high school, as you navigate these years of your life, ever more turbulent time to navigate those years in life, it would help you a great deal to go deep with him. The time's now to go deep. Or maybe we're here and we're in our 20s, we're in our 30s, we're in our 40s, careers at our height, we've got small kids at home, things are running around, we're just struggling to survive. It's like, well, clearly, Father Mark, going deep right now for me with how crazy things are with kids, with how work is, that's something that I just have to wait for a different season of my life to come when things are less crazy. No, the time to go deep is now. Or maybe we talked about last weekend, maybe we have a little more seasoned here, and maybe we're saying, well, I, maybe I'm realizing I haven't really gone deep my entire life, and now here I am, 70, 80 years old. Maybe the ship has passed. It sailed for me. No, time to go deep is now. We may even be here, we're struggling. We're struggling with our faith. Maybe we're doubting our faith. Clearly, this isn't something for me to go deep, to venture into. Time to go deep is now because for all of us, the goal, the point of the Christian life is to go deep with him. And as we talked about last week, there's no shortcuts. The only way to go deep with him is to enter into the silence. The silence is where God speaks. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. Blaise Pascal is a 17th century philosopher, amongst many other things, a brilliant mind. He says this, all of humanity's problems stem from one thing. I read that, I'm like, what's the next thing he's going to say? What, what is it? Humanity's got a whole bunch of problems, so what's the one thing? All of humanity's problems stem from one thing. And that is man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone by himself. Blaise Pascal lived in the 1600s. It was hard for man to, lit, to sit alone in a quiet room in silence in the 1600s. How much harder is it for someone to sit alone in a quiet room by themselves today in silence? Silence is hard for us. It's difficult. That's why we looked at last week to go out in the desert. The church leads us out in the desert to clear the clutter, to clear the distractions, the diversions of which we have, especially looking at our phones and social media accounts, the screen usage, is seeing how it is that it keeps us from going deep. It was encouraging throughout the entire week this past week to hear from so many of you of how you took a step into the desert to clear the distractions, to clear the diversions, being convicted of the fact that, you know what, I know that the screen time, I know that my phone keeps me from going deeper. And hearing a number of different stories 
Some, someone sharing the fact that all four of their, their teenage children deleted apps from their phone for Lent, the 40 days. One message, a couple messages from college students away at college that saw the homily or their parents sent them the homily saying that they gave up TikTok for Lent. I think my favorite was I was told that a third grader raised their hand in class and told their teacher, I was at mass this past Sunday and now I'm ready to go deeper with Jesus. Are we ready to go deeper? Two things. Engaging in the battle on the way up and a tool for your toolkit. First, engaging in battle on the way up. In order to go deep, we must go up. As the first Sunday of Lent, the church brings us out in the desert. We hear that gospel every first Sunday of Lent. The second Sunday of Lent, we always hear the gospel of transfiguration, what we just heard. Peter, James, and John making the trek to go up. A hard trek, a battle to go up. As they climb Mount Moriah, as I've climbed, it's difficult to be sure throughout their climb up that mountain, their legs were burning, they were on fire. But they endured the battle, the trek up, because on the top was the spot of encounter with him. There's a section in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, a section just entitled, The Battle of Prayer. It's a beautiful section. I encourage all of us to read the entire section entitled, Battle of Prayer, but I just want to read a couple sentences for us here this morning. Paragraph 2725 says this, Prayer is both a gift of grace and a determined response on our part. It always presupposes effort. Anything worth striving for in life requires effort. Anything worth striving for requires effort. And yet, we have this notion of prayer, thinking that this time of prayer with Jesus, me and him, it's kind of just bliss, it's easy. That's not the way the church talks about prayer. The, the church says that prayer is a battle and that it presupposes effort. We put effort in so many different things, our work, our career, exercise, learning an instrument. And if you think of what the human person is capable of doing when they're determined for something, they put effort into something, the human person can reach crazy heights in whatever it is. And just as it takes effort for work, in our career, in exercise, it takes effort in learning an instrument, so is the case, it takes effort to sit down and to spend quiet. It takes effort to be in silence. It takes effort to wake up early in the morning to sit down and open up the Bible and pray. It goes on, the next sentence, the great figures of prayer of the old covenant and before Christ, as well as the mother of God, the saints, and he himself, Christ, all teach us this, prayer is a battle. So it just goes through this heavy hitting lineup of the saints, the mother of God who is perfect, Jesus who is divine, all teach us experience that prayer is a battle. It goes on, the next sentence, against whom? Who's it a battle against? First, against ourselves. All right, so because of the fall, we have bent wills. We know something's good for us and we don't do it. So therefore, we battle being lazy. We battle our schedules. 
We battle of putting other things ahead of God. So if battling ourselves wasn't enough, what's to say next? And we also battle against the tricks of the tempter who does all he can to turn man away from prayer, away from union with God. Satan hates when you pray. He hates silence. Because what does it say? Prayer in the silence is union with God. And what, is, what happens in prayer? What's union with God? Freedom takes place there. In prayer, in union with him, I know I'm free. I experience healing in prayer. Healing of which I desperately need. I know who I am in prayer. Like, I enter into reality when I pray. It's not, well, you know, when I pray, I'm going to leave behind all these responsibilities. I'm going to leave reality over here. I'm going to enter into this spot. I'm going to go pray over here. No, entering prayer is entering reality because God is real. Last sentence here. It says, the spiritual battle of the Christian's life is is inseparable from the battle of prayer. Do we see it as a battle? The church does. And it's not enough to know about prayer. It's not enough to know that it's a battle. One must learn how to pray. Flannery O'Connor, who's a great Christian Catholic author who lived in the 20th century, she wrote many Christian or short stories. And she also kept a prayer journal that was recently published. I think Flannery O'Connor one day will be a canonized saint. She was a devout woman. And one of her prayer entries in one of the days, in a moment of frustration, she just had one line in this entire day's entry in her journal, and it just said this, won't someone please teach me how to pray? And I think when we're younger, when we're growing up, we hear, hey, it's important to pray, or even beginning Lent. It's like, you know, I'm going to pick this up again. I'm going to start. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to start praying. And then we sit down. We start praying. And then two minutes later, it's like, well, that didn't work. Must have did something wrong there. Clearly, I don't know how to do this whole thing. I tried. And then we move on. So we feel small. We feel stupid for even asking. But we need to be taught how to pray. So the catechism says we need to be taught how to pray. And most of us were not taught how to pray. I think for, for a lot of us, we just close our eyes and we start asking for stuff. I think to, to, for 90% of Catholics, that's the extent of what prayer is. To be sure, that is prayer. It's a very important prayer. The Lord wants us to do that. But there is more. So I want to give us a tool for our toolkit here moving forward to go deeper. You see on, this, on the boards here, it says deeper. You can text deeper to this number here on the board and you'll get on your phone, what we're gonna just, what I'm gonna just mention here right now, you can go on our website, on the top it just says deeper. You can click on that, pull this up on the website, print it off, screenshot it on your phone, keep it on your phone, print it off, put it on your nightstand to help aid you, to aid you here, to help build this muscle, right? Even when we pray the rosary, because oftentimes we can be in the practice of praying the rosary, memorize prayers, and oftentimes we're not, Praying, we're just saying prayers. And there's a difference between saying prayers and praying. 
And so this tool, I hope, as we go through this, or you have it, and I just mention it right now, it can help us to be like, you know, even when I'm praying the rosary, I can stop praying the rosary for a second and to practice this, to be in communion and union with him. It's a simple acronym, A-R-R-R, acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. So first, the first step is to acknowledge. As I sit down with silent, in silence with him, is to simply acknowledge and becoming aware of my affective movements. What are my thoughts? What are my feelings? What are my desires right now? Or looking back on the day, what am I thinking right now? What am I feeling? What are my desires? I need to, I need to, to first just to pause, to stop, and to acknowledge of what's going on, which is more and more difficult today for us to do. It's just becoming aware. And like I said, maybe it's even during the rosary this happens. I stop. And I realize of what's coming up in my heart right now. And then the next step is I relate. I relate now what's in my heart. Relate those thoughts, feelings, desires that have come up to the surface. And it's important here that you bring everything to him. There's no filtering. There's no siffering through. It's whatever comes up. Whatever those thoughts, feelings, desires are, I bring them to him. It's not, well, I know I shouldn't be feeling this. I know I shouldn't think this. I know I shouldn't have this desire. But I'm just, I have it right now. I'm noticing it. I acknowledge it. But I'm not going to bring that to him because I know I'm not supposed to go there. No, that's what you go and you bring. Everything is related to him. Unfiltered, we bring everything to him. The good, the bad, the ugly. When I relate my heart to him in honesty... I'm able to receive from him what he is that he wants to give me. And then that's the third step is to receive. I receive what it is that the good father wants to give me. And the good father loves to give gifts to his children. He loves to give gifts. He wants to give us new thoughts, feelings, and desires. He wants to give us his consoling love, his peace. He wants to fill us with his strength, his power. And here is where receiving these things of which the Lord wants to give me, receiving his gifts here, is where we oftentimes have to endure the pain of silence. Because as soon as we enter into this space of receiving, there's a quick knee-jerk reaction to abort mission. Because of the pain of silence. It's quick to turn to our phone and pick up our phone. And in the midst of the silence, because the silence can be painful. And it's in us, we're wired just to, to exit it. But that's how we go deep. And then lastly, we respond. What we receive from God requires a response. Just as when someone gives me a gift, I'm moved to respond, to say thank you, to give them a hug. This response comes from the spot of encounter that I've just had with him. And it may be a further conversation, maybe an action, maybe it may be a conversation with others. My problems don't disappear, but God gives me a quiet conviction of his goodness and his protection. Again, I encourage you to pull this up, text deeper on your phone, have this on you, to use it as an aid to help you build that muscle, whether it's praying with the scriptures or it's just to sit with him in silence for 10 minutes. So before tomorrow comes, before we even leave the church today, set a time and set a place. Otherwise, if we don't set a time, if we don't set a place, all this talk last week, this week about going deeper will just stay this abstract, nice idea that Father Mark talked about. 
It won't become a reality. We have to set a time and we have to set a place. For most of us, setting a time will have to be early in the morning. If it's not early in the morning before the kids wake up, before we go to work, before the day starts, or before we go to school, it's not going to happen. And secondly, we have to set a place. Simply said, if we don't have a space in our homes that's dedicated to prayer or a place that we go that's dedicated to prayer, oftentimes the prayer is not going to happen. We got to create one. Even if that's a corner in the room, a chair, whatever it is that I look at it and I identify it, that's the spot I pray. I don't, I'm not on my phone there. I'm not watching TV there. That's the spot I pray. Of course, the church before the Lord and the Blessed Sacrament is prime spot. Before the Lord in adoration, we hope to add more adoration times. On Wednesday right now, we have Eucharistic adoration. The church is open throughout the day. We can come in before the Blessed Sacrament, before the tabernacle and pray. But if we can't come to the church, we can't bring our children to the church. I know a mother recently, she told me that she's got five, six small kids. What she does to get her to her, she covers a blanket over her head for 10 minutes. That's her time, 10 minutes to go deeper. She just covers a blanket over her. Do whatever it takes to create the time and the space to go deeper. Many of us have entered the desert this past week by clearing some much-needed space to making some room, getting rid of some clutter and distractions. Now we must go into the silence. And it's not an easy place to go. It will require us to battle to make the trek up the mountain. Prayer is a battle. Will you, will I engage it? Will you, will I go deeper?